This program is sponsored by Wicked, Chronic, and Natick, Massachusetts. Located on 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the wind go You also can't see if there's just nowhere to go It's the creature Good evening. This is the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, part of the Radio of Horror Network. I'm your host, Scream Queen Mel Heflin. And I am your host, Dr. Chris, the runner of the Radio Horror Network. And tonight, we are covering bad luck. Or, sorry, bad luck. Bad day at Black Rock, which is basically about good luck and bad luck. So our topic will be about uh, good luck, bad luck charms and, and good luck, bad luck objects. And Mel Heflin has the episode synopsis for us. And the music, by the way, you're hearing behind us is because this is Dean's I'm Batman moment. In Supernatural, he has his one or two Batman moments. And uh, then he has a really big Batman moment in a, in a little movie that we will talk about a little later on um, as well. Uh, but ep- the, uh, Mel has the episode synopsis for us. This is Season 3, Episode 3, Bad Day at Black Rock. It aired in 2007, the year I graduated. The Winchesters are called regarding a robbery of their father's storage unit and track down the robbers to find the item stolen is a cursed rabbit's foot, which provides good luck until lost. And once lost, once lost, the previous owner dies within a week. Sam picks up the foot and has great fortune until it's pickpocketed away by the mercenary, Bella. Dean must then get it back before Sam's bad luck gets him killed. 
To complicate the whole situation, Gordon from his prison home has convinced two other hunters that Sam is pure evil and must be killed. Which is a carrying over plot line from season two where uh, John told Dean that he has to kill his brother. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> well, yeah, now we're into season 14 where Dean is Michael and crazy crap is happening with that stupid plot line. Um, every time they go back to that, I just kind of tune out of the show or whatever. But uh, we're, we are approaching, at the date we record this, which is 127, we are approaching uh, the 300th episode of Supernatural. Wow. Which uh, was on the cover of Entertainment Weekly this month, this week, or two weeks ago, which I didn't get because my subscription lapsed. Uh, but yeah, they had on the cover Sam, Dean, Mary, and John Winchester, because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is returning to Supernatural for the 300th episode. <sighs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Don't get me started. You don't like him? <laughs> no, he's, he just, he... Is it because he, he played like a... face smells. Is it because... <laughs> what? Say that again? I don't know. I, I, I feel like that's the meanest compliment. Uh, not compliment. Meanest thing I can say. But he looks like his face smells. <laughs> okay, that was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I, I've never really liked Jeffrey Dean Morgan just because he... You can, you can watch him on TV and you see he has this air about him like he thinks his shit don't stink. Okay, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, and we just lost half of our listeners. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. It's just me. I thought maybe you were going to say you didn't like him because he played a rapist in the in Watchmen. <laughs> and that's bad, too. And he kills a pregnant woman in Watchmen as well. <laughs> yeah. He shoots a... He shoots a I almost said, excuse me. Wow, I would have gotten some hate mail. Uh, he shoots a Vietnamese, a Vietnamese woman... Pregnant with his kid in Watchmen in the head. He's evil. And he blames uh, Dr. Manhattan for it, uh, who's currently running around in the DC Universe mucking around with stuff, uh, for it because he's like, you could have turned the gun into balloons or whatever. You could have turned the bullet into butterflies, but you didn't. He sat there and watched me kill the woman who I knocked up. <laughs> I like young John Winchester. Yeah, this is going to be the weird thing, is that we haven't seen him in this role in, like, 12 years, and he has definitely gotten a little rugged since then, obviously now famously playing the character Negan on The Walking Dead. You know who I like as the boy's father? Bobby. Yeah, well, this is going to be kind of interesting, considering that the last episode we saw Mary and Mary and Bobby were getting kind of close, or Bobby from the Apocalypse world, which is where Michael is from, because Michael is currently, our Michael is currently locked up in a cage with Adam, yeah, whoa, my head just exploded. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I didn't watch any of the most recent season. I've been waiting to buy it on right, DVD. Spoiler alert for people who haven't been caught up yet or whatever. Adam and Michael are still in the cage, which if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't gotten to episode season five yet, I mean, come on, seriously, we're not really spoiling. Oh, okay, yeah. We're not spo we're, we're, What are we spoiling? Something from, what, 70 years ago? I mean, come on. Uh <laughs> If you're that much of a fan of Supernatural and you are never watched the show but listening to our podcast, you got no excuse. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Long story short, uh, the, the, there's a lot of crap happening on Supernatural, but there's been some good stuff this season that I've I have praised and talked about. But we're in season three right now, uh, talking about uh, good luck, bad luck objects, and we also get introduced yeah. to the character of Bella. Who, by the way, speaking of 
Speaking of uh, The Walking Dead, gee, where is she from? The Walking Dead. Oh, by the way. Oh, my gosh. What movie? She was in my dream last night. Oh, she's in my dreams every night. Um, <laughs> have you seen uh, Have you seen uh, the uh, Van Wilder, The Rise of Tosh? <laughs> I'm not sure. She has a titty scene in that movie. She takes her top off to distract somebody in it and bounces her boobs around. Ooh. Yeah, she's, she's got a couple of dude scenes in a couple of movies. Um, but, uh, okay, you want to hear the most hilarious thing? What movie does Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan star in together? And you can't look it up online. And it's heavily connected to Batman. I don't know. She's Martha Wayne. Bruce Wayne's what? mother. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Thomas Wayne. They play Martha and Thomas Wayne in the very beginning of Batman uh, versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and they get gunned down. And that, and of course, I feel like this is one of those small world moments, like how much is interconnected in all this right now. That's crazy. Yeah, she played Thomas Wayne's wife, Martha, Bruce Wayne's biological mother, in the Batman versus Superman movie at the very beginning. And she, of course, with her husband, is gunned down by Joe Chill, which would springboard Bruce to become Batman. And another heavy Batman connection for tonight's episode, as we are also going to be talking about the 80th anniversary of Batman is this year. 1979, sorry, 1939, Batman was created in Detective Comics number 27, and in March, the 1,000th issue of Detective Comics will, will be out. <laughs> Which is not the 1,000th appearance of Batman. Batman's been in, like, millions of books. But Detective Comics number 27 was the first appearance of Batman, but this is the second comic book to hit the milestone number of 1,000. Last year, Action Comics did it. Aren't there like a thousand strains of Batman comics? Yeah, but we're talking about like ongoing numbering series. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but you are correct. Batman has appeared in more than a thousand books. But in terms of a yeah. solid single comic book hitting issue 1,000, this would be the first, the, sorry, the second behind it. Action Comics, which came out last year. So our talk about Batman obviously is heavily influenced by the fact that Lauren Cohen, Lauren Cohen is Martha Wayne, and of course the the last thing said to t Bruce when his father dies is Martha. Which of course later on when Batman and Superman are fighting, Superman says to, to Batman, "Save Martha! Why did you say that name?" And it's like, oh, they have the same mother. Sorry, they have their mothers have the same first name. Ah. Martha Kent, Martha Wayne. Which I'm sure there's a comic book somewhere that somebody hasn't written yet where Martha Wayne and Martha Kent meet each other at some point before one dies and the other one dies. Anyway. <laughs> so talk about bad luck for Batman. <laughs> um, bad luck. That's uh, something that's very relevant in my life. Usually. Well, well oh, I mean, not I'm last so year. At the end of last year, you had all sorts of good luck happen. Last year was my year. Hopefully yeah, so it, had... it only gets better, but it's not proven to be so far. Okay. So... I'm probably the unluckiest person you know. What do we have for information about um, good luck, bad luck charms, including rabbit's feet, which are the rabbit's foot, which is the uh, object of the episode? Okay, so speaking of the whole rabbit's foot thing... There's no, um, by the way, demon. Mentioned... There's no demon, there's no ghost, there's no supernatural being. It's an object that they have to deal right. with. Yeah. 
And when looking up Lucky Charms, <laughs> it comes up cereal for many, 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 many searches. So it's easier to look up Lucky Talisman, or which will charms. then um, it then it says Lucky Charms under the Lucky Talisman. So um, in the whole belief of Rabbit's Feet, it is mentioned in the episode that left hind foot of the rabbit needs to be cut off over top of a, uh, in a cemetery on a Friday the 13th. That's actually very similar to actual lore. The Celts first associated rabbits, the whole rabbit, not just the severed foot with luck, dating back to 600 BC. Since rabbit li- rabbits live in underground burrows, they believe that they could communicate with spirits of the underworld. So, how exactly did carrying the dismembered limb of a rabbit become a thing? So, although the superstition of rabbit's feet being associated with good luck has some roots in European culture, the common North American myth originates from African-American folk spirituality known as hoodoo, which is sort of meaner than voodoo, voodoo having Christian roots. It's said that rabbit's feet are lucky because the reproductive habits, so carrying a rabbit foot, was originally thought to help with fertility. There are, however, a few specifications the rabbit's foot must adhere in, to in order to technically be considered lucky. It has to be the left hind foot, the rabbit needs to be captured or killed in the cemetery, The foot needs to be cut off on a specific day, usually a Friday, but um, the variations such as the weather and date uh, have something to do with it. And then, according to folklorist Bill Ellis, some believe that the foot would be more powerful of uh, luck if it was killed on an actual grave. The meaner the person, the luckier the foot. The common misbelief about Lucky Rabbit's feet is the origin that it has something to do with Easter, which is the Christian belief of the resurrection of Jesus, yada, yada. Uh, it, the question is, is the pink rabbit foot keychain that you got from a vending machine actually, like, from a furry creature killed in a cemetery? Usually not. It's just latex and dyed fake fur. Which makes me feel better because I used to have a purple rabbit's foot. <laughs> That did not feel real. Does it have any information about how to get rid of a rabbit's foot? Because uh, Sam and Dean just basically get a spell from Bobby and then burn it. Uh, no, I couldn't find anything about uh, specifically unlucky rabbit's feet because they're always believed to be lucky. Other charms that you can pick up are four-leaf clovers, horseshoes, lucky dice, ladybugs, lucky number seven, Lucky number eight charms, goldfish, rainbows, coins facing up, bamboo, dream catchers, eyes, acorns, and that was pretty much it that I found for, oh, excuse me, other type of lucky charms. Now, you could basically make a lucky charm out of anything if you have a spell to cast or if you have, have the right type of ingredients. lucky charms. What was that? I also have the the four-leaf clover that I think you mentioned. Yes, I did. Figs and fig seeds. Yep. Cr- crickets in your home, which is normally um, uh, Eastern culture belief. Horseshoes specifically above your door. 
tossing salt over your shoulder is considered lucky. I thought that was only if you spilled it. I don't know. A red-headed BFF, black-eyed peas, and ring-shaped cakes. Now, Dean has this one great moment in the episode where he throws a pen into a gun and it jams, <laughs> and uh, he's like, I'm Batman. And I thought that was an <laughs> absolute fantastic reaction. Now, this episode aired when? 2007? So two years huh? later, Dean Winchester, or well, the actor who plays Dean Winchester, of course, uh, uh, Jensen Ackles, would have his chance to... Uh, I think it was, yeah, 2010, rather. Sorry, 2010, a year after he did My Bloody Valentine. He'd have his chance to be his own uh, version of Batman um, in a little movie called Batman Under the Red Hood. And here's the trailer for it right now. So this is a direct-to-DVD animated movie that Jensen Ackles got to play Jason Todd, the Robin who was killed by the Joker in the famous story Death in the Family, where you could call a 900 number, get your parents' permission before you dialed, and determine the fate of Robin, and most people wanted Jason Todd dead. This was then leaked to the press, and a lot of people thought this was Dick Grayson, but they hadn't been reading comics in a while and didn't realize Dick Grayson gave up the mantle of Robin years ago to become Nightwing. Uh, so Jason Todd became Robin, uh, and uh, now most people think of Robin as uh, Batman's son, Damien. Um, but uh, Jason Todd, played by Jensen Ackles in this movie, would then, of course, return from the grave due to the Lazarus Pits by Ra's al Ghul to become the Red Hood, a new crime lord in Boston, in, in, Boston, in Gotham. Um, and it was a big deal for Supernatural fans because this was Jensen Ackles doing a voiceover. Uh, and then this past Halloween... What character did Jensen Ackles play on Halloween? He was Batman, wasn't he? he? No, he was the Red Hood. Really? Yeah, he, he got a Red Hood costume together. Spent a, spent a decent amount of money because that Red Hood costume was sick. Google Jensen Ackles Red Hood costume. and you can I'm see doing him, it right now. <laughs> yeah, you can see him in the Red Hood costume. It's a biker kind of jacket, pants, boots, and then he's got the Red Hood mask on. Most recently, in the most uh, recent uh, Batman video game, Arkham Knight, that was Jason Todd's identity as well. In the upcoming Detective Comics number 1000, the Arkham Knight's going to be making his first appearance in the ongoing uh, continuity of Batman. But that won't be Jason Todd, because Jason Todd's now an ally of Batman's. But uh, this animated movie, Mel Heflin and I will do a uh, commentary review of uh, extensively when she gets a copy of it, probably coming up very soon in sometime in February. Uh, I did see those pictures for whatever reason. I was like, 
that's not Iron Man. Who is that? And it was on his Twitter, I believe, and yeah. I I never saw a um, caption about it. Definitely. It, it's. I thought it was an amazing costume, but hey, 14 years of Supernatural money will definitely pay that for you, especially also $80 <laughs> yeah. to $100 an autograph that he charges at conventions. But uh, I love this animated movie, and it's considered to be one of the best DCU animated movies out there. It's also a great story, too. I highly recommend reading it. Death in the Family, and then the... Uh, years later, they put out. Uh, they kept Jason Todd dead for a while, but he came back around the same time that Marvel decided, "Hey, we're relaunching Captain America back to issue number one again." The art, the writer on it was like, "Why don't we bring back Bucky, who's been dead since World War II, but yeah. we bring him back as a Russian super soldier spy called the Winter Soldier?" And Jason Todd came back around the same time. So both DC and Marvel brought back a character that nobody ever thought they would resurrect. The, the death in comics is a joke sometimes, but there's certain characters you keep dead. You keep all of Krypton dead, you keep Martha and Thomas Wayne dead, you keep Uncle Ben dead, you keep Gwen Stacy dead, and you keep Jason Todd and Bucky dead because it propels the heroes to be a better hero because they lost a partner. So it was revealed that Bucky, obviously, we all know the story. If you've seen the movie The Winter Soldier, that, that was pretty much it. Uh, but in the comics, by the way, Bucky was a teenager or a young adult uh, whereas in the movie, he was like the same age as Steve Rogers. So, but yeah. uh, in this, he, the reason how he comes back, oh my God, so stupid. Uh, in the, in the cartoon animated movie, he, he's brought back to life because of Ray Shackle. But in the reality of the DC universe, there's a character called Superboy Prime who had a tamper tantrum pounded on the walls of reality and the reverberations through the DC universe caused certain alterations in the timeline, including multiple origins for Superman and bringing Jason Todd back to life, who was still basically, yeah, he was brought back to life, but he still had all of the injuries from A, being clubbed to death with a crowbar by the Joker and then blown up in a bomb. So his body was a wreck. So he crawled his way out of the grave, fell into the ocean, and then swept ashore to Rachel Ghoul's place where Talia dunked him into the Lazarus pit to revive him. Wow. Yeah, That's, long story uh, short. Getting put through the ringer. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a really funny. Dean has this I am Batman moment because of you know his connection to the animated uh, film. Now, uh, a closer look at Cursed Charms in the Supernatural Season 3 companion by Nicholas Knight... Uh, what's weird is we needed a good luck object. The rabbit's foot occurred to me. Bed Endland reveals, but I was thinking that, uh, but I was thinking of that pink dyed rabbit's foot you get at a museum field trip. Then we looked it up, and it's very sto storied with hoodoo lore and how you prepare it, as Mel went over earlier. Not any rabbit's foot would do. It has to be the left hind foot of the rabbit, which you already discussed. It's a pretty powerful piece of magic lore, notes Edlin. We're really lucky because it grounded something whimsical in real history, then we cursed it. I've known people who, if they ever lost a lucky charm, it was traumatic. They were waiting for bad luck, and since they lost their shield against it, so they felt a pretty good extension of lore, we tend to take the familiar supernatural thing and make it as toxic as possible, as dangerous to humans as we can write it. Our rabbit's foot is not the kind you get on a little keychain, Bob Sing Bob Singer points out. Ours is bigger, ugly, screwed up rabbit's foot. Sam says in the episode, it's a hell of a lucky charm. It's not a luck charm, it's a curse. She made it to kill people, Sam. See, you touch it, you own it. You own it, sure, you get a run of good luck to beat the devil, but you lose it. That, t that luck turns and turns so bad that you're dead within a week. Well, so I won't lose it, Bobby. Bobby screams, everyone loses it, you idiot. <laughs> now, this is what happens. B uh, Sam loses his shoe, which is hilarious. Dean, like, scratches, wins, like, $34,000 in scratch tickets, which Bella, of course, then steals. 
Great episode. I'll cut this part out asking a question, but do you have any movie that you were in that involved cursed charms or lucky objects? Or bad luck, good luck? I don't think so. No? Okay. I thought about that before. Okay, so I'll cut that out. Um, Or keep it in. Uh, Maybe I'll just edit what I'm saying right now. Um, So that's pretty much it for I have for this episode about good luck, bad luck, objects, cursed objects, and stuff like that. I mean, there's the 15 that we mentioned, and I'm not going to go over into the explanation about all of them, but uh, the balance, balance lists these uh, good luck uh, objects. Um, Cursed rabbit foots and, and all sorts of, you know, hoodoo and stuff like that. Uh, that's pretty much all I have for the notes for this episode. Mel, how about you? I have a couple of more things. Sure. So, um, I looked up, are Lucky Charms actually real? Do they actually work? And according to Psychology Today, researchers have found that people who believe that they have luck on their side feel a greater self-efficiency belief that they are capable of doing what they're set out to do. And this belief actually boosts mental and physical performance and enhances possibility of luck out there by by putting it out there. And then I went to our group and I was expecting to hear lucky underwear stories or something. I used to have a lucky pair of underwear that I would always wear before tests that I would ace. <laughs> I, um, okay. I asked if anybody here has a, a lucky charm. Did that lucky- and I actually... Mel, hmm? did that lucky set of underwear get you lucky? Wink, wink. Well, maybe once or twice. <laughs> before you met your... We're, we're clearly talking about before you met your husband, where then then everything's fine. Well, maybe... Did you wear that... Did you get that... Did you wear that lucky underwear when you got pregnant? Because then you have the greatest luck of all time of having a child. <laughs> that is the greatest. He is my greatest lucky charm now. I actually have a shirt that says Mommy's Lucky Charm when I was pregnant. (laughs) I went to our group and I asked if anybody had lucky charms. And someone posted, Beverly posted, this really awesome pendant. I don't know how much you know about Mercury going into retrograde, but it makes communication awful. And working on a movie set where communication is not working very well and it always seems to happen when Mercury's in retrograde miserable and she has a lucky charm for that so that's absolutely awesome so that's apparently one of the most uh, well other well-known lucky charms which we don't I, I i've seen every episode of supernatural with the exception of this past week's episode uh we don't have any other lucky charms uh cursed charms we have cursed objects clearly pop up on the show again but we don't have any other lucky charm cursed charm objects that show up on the show later on uh, one of the most commonly well-known ones is a horseshoe. And the first time it's ever mentioned is by the poet Catullus in the first century B.C. in a poem. Uh, I don't know how horseshoes became considered lucky. If the horse lost its shoe, just like a rabbit losing its foot, I don't get it. Uh, there's a small explanation behind it, but there's not really much to go on other than it just... it, it you. People who won the race with the horse believe that the horse was wearing a lucky horseshoe. Oh. That's one explanation, but hey, if you got another one, that's great. Please leave it in the comment section below. I do have to point out to some people who left a couple comments on iTunes about, like, oh, Uh-oh. your facts are so stupid, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, listen, buddy, we're not experts at this material, and most of our stuff, we get it from the same source that you do, books. 
in fiction, in lore. So nobody's an expert on certain things. As much as you want to be, like, revered to be, unless you get, like, a degree in it, you're still learning it from the same material we are, books. Books are written by people long, long time ago. Just kind of point that out. I never read comments. Yeah. Um, I used to read movie reviews of movies I was in, and it, like, broke my heart, so I just never again. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't do that. Have you seen some of your movies? Oh! (laughs) I really have. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's pretty much it for this episode of uh, that, covering Cursed Charms here on the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast. Don't forget, please leave us a rating on iTunes. We've appreciated the ratings that we have on there. Maybe next week we will read some of the most recent ratings. We haven't had a chance to do so. If you'd also like to send us a message, you can you can at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. We're always looking for new supporters of the show. Wicked Chronic has been a great supporter of our show for the last year and a half, and Beverly, of course, has been on the show with us. But if you'd like to join us and become a sponsor of our show, our listening audience is tremendously growing, especially on Stitcher. I saw the numbers on Stitcher. It was very well i was i was i was very i was very surprised by the numbers that were on stitcher as well as on fm radio which is a don't know how we got on that one uh, but i, I mm. guess it picks it up picks up podcast and then rebroadcast them on their site which is totally fine um you can also join our group supernatural creatures and lore online as well and you can find us on our individual twitters at spn creatures and lore and Mel Heflin on Twitter. On Twitter. And don't forget, we will be back in a month or so or in a couple weeks. I might be going back to a at least twice a month schedule for Supernatural Creatures and Lore. And the next couple episodes we'll be covering will involve, uh, I believe, fairy tales and... Yeah, fairy tales and... Uh, ghost ships. A ghost ship. Yeah, that's right. I think it's like fairy tales, ghost ships, and then we'll be doing vampires again. Because the last time we did a vampire episode was with the former co-host, Cat. So Mel and I will be talking about vampires on the next episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. But bringing up some new vampires that me and Cat didn't have a chance to get to. Yay, vampires! And also look for on the YouTube channel our uh, review commentary for Batman Under the Red Hood. It's part of the 80th anniversary of The Dark Knight this year. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, guys.